today's podcast is brought to you by Awichalada, the first and only non-tomato-based michelada spinoff on the market. You can find them at select beverage centers. They also got cups and candy. It's like aguachile and michelada mix all together. Don't ask what it is. Ask where you can get it. Follow them at Awichalada on Instagram, Facebook, and on their website to see the store locations. On today's podcast, we brought on Mexican national team professional hooper Edgar Garibay to the Shoot the Rock podcast. It was a dope little conversation. We were able to dive in on a couple different uh, topics. You know, we talked about uh, last week's international tournament where he played against Puerto Rico, had a great game against Team USA. We talked about his three knee surgeries that he's had along the way through his basketball journey. Great conversation, great dude. Um, you know, Edgar Garibay's uh, definitely for the culture. You know, I'm excited to be able to collaborate with him uh, for the podcast, and hopefully we can collaborate with him um, in some future youth basketball camps. So um, thanks, EG, for coming out to the pod. Enjoy. You have just tuned in to the Shoot the Rock podcast. Who they rockin' with, yo? Who they rockin' with? That's right. Remix it. Remix it. You're now rockin' with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rockin' with the best. What up and welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Robert Zaragoza, a.k.a. The Commish, a.k.a. Big Z, a.k.a. Coach Z, a.k.a. So Big It, So Sweet, a.k.a. The Latino Bleacher Report. On the podcast today, we have a special guest, Mexico national team player, Pro Hooper, local product, a.k.a. EG, a.k.a. Edgar G, Oficial, a.k.a. For the Culture, businessman slash baller, Edgar Garbe. Welcome to the podcast, bro. Yeah, man, I like that. I mean, uh, you know, definitely for the culture, and I think um, that that's downplayed a little bit too much. And I and I like that you bring it to the forefront. You know what I mean? What's what's your take on that? You know what I mean? Just kind of off the jump. You know what I mean? Like you 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 post that and you put um, for the culture. You know, explain that. Explain what that means to you. Yeah, it's basically. Like you said, you know, we get downplayed a lot, man. The talent that that we have as uh, as the Mexican culture, man, Latinos in, in general, um, they kind of we get lost in the culture of basketball, whether it's internationally or whether it's local. Um, our talent kind of gets set back on the back burner, and you know, a lot of people don't believe in us. They don't believe in, in, in the talent that that we have. Or what we could bring to the table when it comes to like basketball and, and and our talent on the basketball floor. So everything I do, man, everything this whole for the culture thing started just just again trying to pay respect to, to all the talented Latinos that I've come across personally. Because I know a whole bunch, man. I know you've come across a whole bunch too. And you know, it's kind of just paying respects, man. Everything, everything that I'm doing personally is for the coaches, for them, it's for the generation that's coming behind me, for all those Latino kids uh, uh, from the LA area or anywhere around the world, man. Whatever Latino kid uh, has talent in any sport, not just basketball, but just believe in yourself, because there's gonna be a lot of doubters, man. There's a lot of haters. Even when I was growing up, man, a lot of people didn't believe in me. Even now, like in my career at this day and age, a lot of people still count me out. 
Yeah, and that and that's that's dope because I think um, you know we do get downplayed. You know what I mean? Like you're you're a, a Latino, uh, Mexican-born, playing professional, getting paid for it. You know what I mean? And, and you know doing doing a little something for it, but then you're you're kind of adding that extra to it. You know, and kind of I think you know we get overlooked because of the the last name, the surname. You know what I mean? It's uh, Saragossa or Garbe or or whatever, Martinez, Ramirez, Ayon, whatever, and it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they're not as good because because of that, you know what I mean? And I think changing the culture and, and sharing the things that are going out there, and I think we don't have a big enough voice out there, and it's good that someone like you that's playing on the Mexican national team is, is representing that. And, you know, we got a lot of people out there, of course, you know, a lot of your teammates, but it's good that it's it, it we start seeing those things. And I know... Um, I've spoken to you in the past, um, you know, just through through Instagram and messages or whatever and wishing you luck. But I know one of the things that you had brought up to the, um, you know, was like, hey, man, as soon as this thing's settled in, you know, um, I want to do a basketball camp. And I was like, yo, you know what I mean? Like even just that thinking right there, dog, is is a little bit more than just like, oh, well, I'm just trying to get a check and, you know, bounce and, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? I think I think just having that mindset of like, yo, you know, what I mean, when this thing shuts down. Or you know what I mean when we when we open back up, I want to do a basketball camp and and I and I I can see the the different mindset that you have, bro, and I and you know it's it's that mindset is is because of the adversity that you faced. You know what I mean? You I think I think that's a that's a positive thing that you're bringing to light, and and we need more people like Edgar Garibay out in the streets uh, promoting that and and you know providing these things for the kids. Yeah, it's like you said, man, I think it has a lot to do with my background. Um, and I see myself in these kids, man. I see myself in them. And hopefully they, they can see themselves in me a little bit, you know, because like you said, I, I'm Mexican-born. My parents migrated here to, to Compton, California when I was one, two years old. So I grew up in Compton. I grew up in the hood. And there's a lot of talent in the hood, man, especially Latino kids. Um, but again, like we, we either get misguided or we don't have that support system, uh, whether it's at home or at school or wherever, we don't, we don't really get that support system. So again, yeah, I want these kids to kind of just not even see me as a role model, but kind of just look at me again and say, yo, if he could do it, if he had all the diversity, he was an immigrant kid from Con that grew up in Compton, California from a humble family because I mean my family you know we, we didn't grow up with everything we got you know my parents worked for it and um, and again you know I kind of just want to provide this platform for these Latino kids to, whether it's a camp like you said whether it's a, a, a little two day clinic or even like mentorship programs or, or anything if they have any questions where they uh, have questions about professional basketball, or just basketball in general, or even just life in general. How to like do random everyday things. Like I'm always available because again, it's just you wanna you wanna be the difference, man. You wanna you wanna show these kids that people care 
Uh, and again, not just in sports, but in life in general, man. We got to get our youth out the streets. We got to get our youth out of the drugs, out of out of the jail systems, and we got to show them better. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I had a good support system with my family. You know, luckily I had a great mom, great dad, great brothers, um, and good people around me, and they kind of, you know, kept me in the right direction. But there's always temptations, man. There's always temptations to go a different route, especially growing up in the hood. So, you know, I kind of just want to be that voice, like you said. I want to be that voice, man, that positive voice that, that tells the youth, man, especially the Latino youth, that there's more out there. There's more out there. Like, if you would have told me when I was 12, 13 years old that I was going to play for the Mexican Olympic team and get two medals with them and travel the world because of basketball, I wanted to beat you, but I was I want to believe you, but I've done it, man. I've been there, and I know what it takes. So I'm just trying to pass that down to, you know, to the culture, to the youth, to the, to the Latino kids, to the next generation. Yeah, man. I think that's a, that's a big leap, you know what I mean? Especially if, you know... Um, like you're you're right you know what i mean you're you're in compton you're in middle school and you're telling people like oh yeah when i'm when i'm older i'm gonna play pro ball i'm gonna get a gold medal i'm gonna play in the pan am games i'm gonna play in italy i'm gonna fly out to puerto rico and then people will look at you you're crazy you know what i mean like you know and, and you've done it you know what i mean like you said you've done it um you've played for the national team you're representing the the country and actually this past weekend you know um you were down in in um and playing for the FIBA International Tournament, and you played for Mexican national team, and you guys had two big games last week against Puerto Rico and the USA. So tell me a little bit about um, how that came into play. Um, I know you guys didn't have too, too much of a training camp, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know we're transitioning a little bit, but um, what was that like? What was that phone call like? Because it seemed like it was pretty quick, you know what I mean, for you guys to set up. Did you guys have any type of training camp ready for, for the national, uh, for, that, for that FIBA tournament? Yeah, man, it was crazy. The whole federation of was in charge of like the sports situation in in, in Mexico. Um, I honestly don't have. I don't know what they got going on. I don't know what's going on with like the whole hierarchy and who's in charge and who wants to be president and who doesn't want to be president. But again, it comes back down to the support, man. We didn't. We really didn't have that support. Um, as, as a national team, like, as a Mexican national team, we have that support to where your country has your back, and they're like, you know, oh, we're going to send these guys to this tournament, so you guys to represent, you know, our nation, our whole country. We didn't have that. Um, so it was kind of, everything was last minute, like you said, we didn't have training camp, because we didn't know, nobody knew what was going on, either, either nobody wanted to drop the funds or release the Funds, or we didn't know who was going to fund this whole tournament that we had. Um, so it was last minute. I think they ended up figuring it out last minute. I don't know if any details on who figured it out. But so the good thing is they figured it out. You got the phone call and it was like, all right, show up at this airport. We are flying you out. Um, obviously, proto, uh, yeah. COVID protocols and everything, you know, right? Yeah, so the games, we had games. Friday and Saturday. They called me on the Saturday before. So let's say seven days before they called me and they're like, hey, you know what? We're interested in you. We're going to call you for the national team. We want you to represent us this tournament. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's seven days. Uh, obviously, like you said, with with COVID protocols, yeah, I needed to get um, I needed to get two negative tests before even traveling. 
So I'm in LA at this time trying to rush and trying to find a place to get tested where they'll give me either the same day uh, results or 24 hour results. Luckily I found a spot over in Long Beach uh, for like $170 where they got where they were able to give me a 24 hour result. And uh, and they put my flight, I sent them my results, they put my flight for Wednesday. I flew directly to Puerto Rico on Wednesday. Um, I got to Puerto Rico late Wednesday night, maybe around 11, 11.30 p.m. Um, we practiced on Friday for about an hour and a half because people had rules on the amount of time you could practice as well during these tournaments. So people had rules on, on the amount of practice we could get. Um, so we practiced on Friday for about an hour, hour and a half. And then game is, uh, I'm sorry, Thursday. We practice on Thursday, and then our game is on Friday night against Puerto Rico in Puerto Rico. Um, and we had back to back, like you mentioned, we had back to back to Puerto Rico on Friday night, and then we played against Team USA on Saturday, Saturday night. So they're setting they're setting you guys up to not you know do the best you know what I mean so these other teams um, did you talk to the other teams how many how how was the other teams workouts and how long did, were they together a week two weeks a month did, did you know yeah I have uh, one of my good friends coach for the Puerto Rican national team just because you know the, the, the basketball circuit overseas is, is is relatively you know small we all kind of know each other we know where everybody plays and things like that. So one of my buddies over in Puerto Rico, he uh, he saw like the situation that was going on with the Mexican national team, and he sent me a message, hey, he, like what's going on? Are you guys not gonna play? Are you guys not gonna play? And we we talked about it a little bit, and he told me they were they were in concentration, they were in training camp since February first. So our game against Puerto Rico was February nineteenth. So they've been practicing for twenty days straight, doing two a days or whatnot on the court, on the actual game court, like they're getting practice on the actual game court for 20 days prior to competition. And basically we got to compete against them, we're playing against them, and they, and we only practice literally two hours. Um, so yeah, it was tough, man. It's, it was really tough, the whole situation was tough, but honestly, I think we did a, we did a solid job for the amount of time we had to prepare. Um, I think, you know, during the game, just, with like three minutes left in the fourth quarter, we were up three, so we had a chance to win the game. So you know, it's things like that. Imagine if we would have had 19 days to prepare, it's just like Puerto Rico had. You know, the outcome might have been a little different. Yeah, I saw that game. Uh, you could you could definitely tell that the uh, in the beginning of the game, you guys were right there, and then um, the kind of the fatigue set in a little bit. You know what I mean? Obviously, um, the cohesiveness, but. Um, you know, they shot 35% and they still won, you know what I mean? And I think the biggest thing, I, I kind of that was one of the stats that I kind of looked at. I was like, damn, they shot 35% and they still won. And you guys were kind of like just literally flew in. It felt like you guys were in a Latino tournament, showing up to a tournament and just playing. And this is a international tourney, dog, you know what I mean? That's that's crazy. And the thing is, too, is like um, like people don't realize, like, you're representing Mexico. You're like the, the three, the, the selección. You're, you're the... You, you know, you're the you should be the equivalent of of what the Mexican national team is in soccer to basketball. You know what I'm saying? And they don't. You know, the thing that sucks is they don't treat treat you guys like that as far as like the federations and all that stuff. So I can definitely hear. You know, you're doing this out of the love. You know what I mean? Of, of 
you know, um, representing the country and, 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 you know, adding to to your personal legacy or whatever and, and supporting your brothers, you know what I mean? All your teammates that are on the team, you know, um, I think you guys are doing it for yourselves and just the training camp, bro. That's crazy. Like you guys had a brand new coach too, right? So, so it's a new coach. Omar, Omar Quintero was, was the new coach. I was, what did that look like, bro? You know what I mean? Like during the games, any adjustments, like how's, how's it adjusting to just p playing on the fly? Yeah, so again, man, it's just, uh, uh, Omar is great, man. Omar is a great young coach. I think, you know, he knows the games because he played it for so long. He played at a high level. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, he played, he played in Europe a little bit, man. He, you know, he's played in a, in a few other countries when he was, when he was playing. He played on the national team as well, so he, he knows what, it's, what it takes to represent, you know, your country on, on the international stage. Um, he, he was good, and it was my first time dealing with Omar as a, as a coach. Obviously, I've known him, I've known him as a person and as a player, but it was my first time dealing with him as a coach. And again, it's just I, you can't really get too much, or put in too much, or prepare too much as a coach um, when they only give you one day to prepare. Yeah. So we literally got there, man, and he was trying to put in, you know, some quick plays just so we could look a little organized on the floor. Uh, so we were, I mean, Omar was able to put, you know, a few sets, kind of just the basics of a motion, a uh, uh, horns action, uh, you know, a flex action, a floppy action type of deal. But it's hard, man. I'm pretty sure it was tough for Omar trying to prepare for, for, for a game. And then it was his first time being called to, you know, to be the coach for the national team. And I'm pretty sure that was a big honor for him. And just the way they did him on the on the level that you know they didn't give him a chance to really prepare or give give him enough days to kind of really show you know what he's able to do as a coach. Um, but I think he did a he did a great job. You know he he, he held his own, hit his ground. He tried to make adjustments at halftime. Um, you know great speeches before and after the games. Um, and it would have been good to you know what i mean even if a couple days you know what i mean i think uh like you said like you mentioned um you know the horns and the floppies and all that stuff so you guys are pros bro like you, all you guys um been playing out there for a couple years and you guys are in the national team so a lot of the a lot of the sets that pros play um you know it's very similar you know what i mean but just getting that you know what i mean run it through a couple times and you know, getting familiar and, you know, knowing each other's spots. I think that definitely would have helped, especially against the the United States. You know what I mean? I mean, United States. You guys have played um, without without Gustavo Ayon. Um, you know, uh, apparently he left. But then you guys played against, you know, dudes that are familiar to, to people here on the podcast, like Joe Johnson and Isaiah Thomas on the national team for the USA, Team USA. So... You know, uh, how long have you been on the national team? You know what I mean? And and what does that mean to you as far as, uh, not what, what does it mean to you, but like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, this is your pro career. You know what I mean? This is kind of what you do for, for, for right now. And, and as, as you as you mature as, a, as an adult and a businessman, stuff like that, you know, how's... Um, you know, how many years have you been on the national team and, and what are your, your prospects as, as you move on into, um, you know, the later part of your career right now? Well, the first time, the first time I got called, man, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, uh, it was an amazing feeling. It was back in 2012, 
don't know if it was my rookie season or my sophomore season as a pro. I was playing for for Ivanka Villafaz and he over in Toluca. And I was having an amazing week season, and I was having a great season. I think I was averaging about 19 and 12 that season. Um, we made playoffs by, by luck, and I think we, were, we were winning games by one, two points, but we were winning. And, uh, and I was averaging about 19 and 12 that season. Uh, and I got the call, and I, got, I think I got a letter. I got a letter in the, in the mail, an official letter from like the Mexican Olympic Federation or whatever. And then uh, I did like this whole press conference uh, in the city and for the team that I was playing for at the time. And um, they showed me love, man. They showed me love just you know, my first time being called for the for the men's team. Um, and I feel it was a, it was an honor, man. I felt I felt you know an honor. To, to just be considered, man, and called for, for that type of stage in my career. Um, and at the same time, I kind of felt like I did deserve it, you know. Uh, not to, like, be cocky or sound cocky, but I was doing my thing. So so it was just, it was one of those moments where I'm just like, man, I'm doing everything right. I'm supposed to be here. I, you know, like, they're noticing my, my hard work. And it just felt good, man, for somebody to validate that hard work and that dedication that you that you done and put in, man. Uh, it, it felt amazing. And then the first time, kind of just you know putting that jersey on, um, it's just pride, man. Pride to represent your country. Uh, you get messages from family members, from friends, you know, congratulating you. Uh, it's just a, it's just a feel good moment. Overall, it's a, it's a feel good moment. I think that year it was 2014, so I think I've been on, on the national team for about seven years now, give or take. And and prior to that, because you said you had you felt like you 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 got validated, you know what I'm saying? And I know. You know, um, I've looked at your trajectory, you know what I mean? Um, you, you're at Compton, you went to prep school, you know, um, you're at LMU, you know, there was injuries along the way. How how frustrating, you know what I mean? Because there was injuries that, that you know, um, that, that put you and sidelined you for months, you know what I mean? And, and for you to finally have that one season, you know what I mean? After all the, you know, the rehab and everything like that. You know what I mean? You said you felt validated, but was there a was there a po- point? You know what I mean? From the the the, the ups and downs. You know what I mean? Because because sometimes you're like, man, I'm never gonna get there. You know what I mean? Like where was your where was your point? You know what I mean? Where where you? Oh man, that yeah, that point, man, that point was definitely. I've had a lot of low points in my career. I don't know. A lot of people don't know, but I was retired, man. I retired. I got my, I got three ACL tears. A lot of people don't know I have three ACL tears. A lot of people don't even know how I'm still playing at a high level, man. But, but I'm here. I'm trying to tell you, I'm a testament that anything is possible with hard work and dedication and sacrifice. That's why when I look at these kids, man, I'm just like, yo, trust me, if I could do it, you could do it too. And uh, but yeah, a lot of people don't know, man. I have three ACL tears. When was your when was your when was your first ACL tear? Like when was the first time where you just kind of? Because I mean I'm I'm assuming up until the the point where you had your first injury, you know what I mean? You were you were at a high level, you know what I mean? Like you know you got fresh legs, you know you're probably playing high school ball, you know what I mean? You're 
you guys are doing a bunch of stuff and then where where does your first injury happen my first injury happened my freshman year at LMU. My first, freshman year at LMU, I think we were, we were six games in. And I think it was either the sixth game or the seventh game. Um, I was having an incredible game. So I remember like it was yesterday. I think I had 18 at half. I had like 18 and 8 at halftime. And we were up 10 against Santa Barbara. It was, a, it was conference play. We were playing against Santa Barbara um, at LMU. And, uh, and they couldn't stop me. They had no answer for me. And I come out the second half, the first, maybe the first minute into the second half, uh, there's a loose ball. I kind of just try to reach down to it because it was like a loose ball towards my area. And the opposing player, he dove. He dove for the loose ball. He kind of just landed on the side of my knee. And immediately I just, you know, I went down. It was kind of like a freak accident, man. So the dude jumped on the side of my knee and my knee kind of just did a weird bend spin. And it was just, I heard a pop and it was, it was, it was over after that. It was my first major injury. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what happened. Um, they took me to the back to where, you know, the, the locker rooms were. They kind of just checked me out. And it swelled up immediately. Like, my knee was just, uh, it was huge. It swelled up immediately. I got scheduled for MRI the following week. Um, and once we got the MRI results back, the show was totally completely tearing the ACL. I was done for the year. I had to get surgery, and, uh, and I was gonna have to rehab for you know about eight to ten months. So that was my first one, and it was probably it was probably the, the toughest one to be honest, because you know I was new to it. Um, like you said, I was playing at a very high level, um, so something like that that happened at that time, at that moment, at that time, it was just. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't understand it. Um, I think I might even fell into depression a little bit, man, just because I was a 19-year-old kid, man, that, that they don't know how to handle situations like that. Like, I wasn't prepared. Like, nothing could prepare you for moments like that, you know? And, uh, and I, yeah, I took it hard. And I took it really hard, man. But, like you said, like, it got bounced back. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had a second ACL tear and a third ACL tear, but... You know, just after the first one, I kind of just, for that second one, I was a little more mentally prepared and I knew what, you know, what to expect, things like that. Um, I think the third one kind of just, the third one was my senior year. And like when I transferred, I transferred over to Long Beach State and I suffered the third one my, right before my senior year at Long Beach, like in October. I think season started in November and I told my ACL in October during practice. And it was just devastating, Big Z. I mean, it was devastating. Um, my heart broke, man, completely. I just, as soon as it happened, I knew it was a torn ACL. The, the trainer rushed over to me, and then I was on the ground, and tears were already coming down my eyes, man. Because I, I, I knew it. I knew I mean, I had already, already felt it two other times. So I knew it right away. So as soon as the trainer rushes over to me, I told him, yo, I tore my ACL. And he's like, nah, it's impossible. How can you know that? And I'm like, trust me, man, it's torn. I'm done. And it was a very emotional time for me, man, just because I felt like during during my senior year, it was going to be like my breakout year, just because I was hurt my whole college career. And again, I started playing at a 
very high level. My body felt good. I felt good. I was doing good things during practice. And and for you know for my my college career just to end like that, man, it was it was incredible, man. I, I took it I took it really hard, really really hard. And uh, and again, I fell back into to depression, man. Mentally, I was very unstable that year. Um, just questioning everything, just mad at the world. It was it was a very a very dark moment in my life. And so you never, you never, you never got to, um, you never got to play a, a, com- a complete season, it seems like, huh? Never, man, never got to play a complete season. It was, it was, it was always something. It was always something. And, and what got you, I mean, you said you're retired. So, so was that after the third surgery, the, the third knee surgery? And, you know what I mean? I'm assuming, you know what I mean? I'm assuming you were, you were depressed during, you know what I mean? Ups and downs, you know what I mean? You're training, you're getting back in, you're feeling good. Basket. You know, I've always said it, man. Basketball goods, basketball's good, and then life is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially for college athletes, man. You know what I mean? You gotta stay in that mode. And when basketball is bad, you just feel like the whole world is, is, you know. So I could definitely relate to that. You know what I mean? And I'm sure a lot of people out there, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the realities of like you're done playing high school ball, or you're you never made it to the JUCO, or you didn't transfer after. You know what I mean? Like, there's that one moment where you're just like, damn, that's it. You know what I mean? And I think. I think you hit that several times, you know what I'm saying? Like not to not to kind of like harp on it, but yeah, and um you you it sounded like you know you're saying that you were depressed. What got you out of that? Was it was it basketball that got you back out of that or was there was there some type of external thing or a person or you know what kind of got you back into that mode because I I look at you and you seem like a positive person, bro. Like I I see your posts and you know what I mean? You're you're pretty introspective. You know what I mean? You you speak well and and you're you're pretty deep and and you know what I mean? You have that. You know what I mean? Like you you're you seem very intellectual in, in in the in the aspect of like, you know what I mean? Basketball isn't the only thing for me. Um, the way I the way I view you. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, was that always the case, or did that did the injuries like convert you to that? You know what I'm saying? Where where basketball isn't always having to be the case. Uh, actually, I mean. My story is just is long. I don't know how much time you have, but it's right. just, it's, it's like you said, there's there's a lot of parts to it, man. There's a lot of parts to it. Um, I, honestly, I was never asking growing up. I was always a, an academic. I always loved to read. I always loved to write. Um, I was a straight A student in class and in every grade. Uh, uh, so. Basketball actually came about because I wanted to get a free education. Mm. And uh, I think that's another thing a lot of people don't know about me. Um, again, I come from a very humble family. You know, I think one day I came home and asked them if they had money or if they had money to, to put me through college. And, uh, and my parents kind of just looked at me and they were just kind of like, you know, sat down with me and told me to live. Like, son, you know, we're not that type of family. We kind of just expect you after you graduate high school to to get a job and kind of just help around with like bills and you know things around the house and uh and i never saw that for myself man i was always ambitious as a kid and i always I always had dreams and aspirations to do something more man. especially because you know, i saw my mom and my dad work so hard and just you know sacrifice basically their whole life for, for their kids so i kind of knew i wanted more uh since i was little so I kind of used basketball you know, as, 
past that bridge uh, to get a free education. I wanted to go to college and kind of just, you know, focus on a career and, 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 and try to do something for myself and try to give not only my parents a better life, but, you know, good my future wife or whatever when I have my own family. So I used basketball. You know, they told me I had a teacher at, at Roosevelt Middle School in Compton that told me that I could get a free Yeah, and, and I think the bridge is is the biggest thing, you know what I mean, that, that you're saying, you know, uh, sometimes uh, our, our youth, you know, and you, you said it, you want to give back and you want to do, but the kids don't see that bridge, you know what I'm saying, like, they're, they're, they don't they don't visit their school counselor or their counselors don't reach out to them or just, the, you know, they're just like in the neighborhood and I think, you know, you're hitting it on the head, bro, I think you're hitting it on the head that, that we need to educate, you know what I mean, um, the kids in, into other facets of of how to get scholarships you know what i mean and you know it's not always athletic scholarships and if they got the skill of course you know what i'm saying but i think you know you're a testament to like you know adversity through you know what i mean injury adversity through you know what i mean some sort of uh depression or whatever and i think you know sharing those stories and and letting people know like that that you know what i mean you can be a success story you know what i mean like people you hear the, the city compton and you're like oh well you know what i mean maybe nothing that great comes out of compton you know what i mean as people that live live in that city might you know what i mean have that you know that perception of themselves and some kids you know that have a single family home they have that perception of like fuck you know what i mean and the thing is we gotta we gotta create those bridges and i think um you know whatever you have in mind you know what i mean i, I think um you know I, I think I try to share some of those stories here on the podcast with that type of thing. You know what I mean? With, with you know, hearing those success stories and stuff like that. And I think bringing someone on like you that, that has those adversities and, and finally made it and worked to make it, dog. Because, like, the thing is, it's like, you know, it's not just like, oh, well, you know, he's Mexican, he's 6'10", and fuck, of course he's going to play in the fucking national team. No, nah, that's not the way it works. You know what I'm saying? Like... You gotta, you gotta put in that work, and people don't realize that. Yeah, and again, like you said, uh, I mean, going back to the whole depression and mental, mental stability that I was going through and how I got over it, man. Um, I went back into my comfort zone. Uh, just I was telling y'all, I started off as an academic. I love reading and writing, so I kind of went back to my roots when I fell into that depression. I got into into reading a lot of uh, a lot of sports psychology books those years. The years when I when I was going through all that stuff, I started reading a lot of sports psychology books. Um, I started writing a journal and keeping a journal, just you know, like the way I felt, you know, things that bothered me, things that make me happy. Just however I was feeling at the moment, I would I would write it down. I would write about it, and it kind of it would help me kind of just 
I think some people take some a little bit longer to, to, to self-reflect, you know, and I think, uh, you know, you're reading, but then you're self-educating yourself, you know what I mean? Um, the injuries come and the the Edgar Garibay spotlight ain't, ain't as bright no more, you know what I'm saying? And and it's like, oh, well, oh, he don't play at LMU no more. Oh, he's at, at Long Beach now? Oh, and you know what I'm saying? And then you're kind of like, you feel like you're by yourself, it seems like, and you know what I mean? You... you 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 took it upon yourself to be like what are not my flaws but like what are what are some of the things that i can improve as an individual and i think for for me personally uh, in the same token you know what i mean i think i've learned that a little bit later in life you know and it's and it's good that you learned that when you did learn it and the thing is it's like us as like you know the older ogs me or the older older og but it's like if we can share that early on, you know what I mean? I don't know who's listening to the podcast, but shoot, man, you know what I'm saying? Like there's always an opportunity for you to to better yourself and 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 reflect on, on what you can do better for yourself and for your family. And I think I think you know you created those sacrifices. You continue to chase your dreams, and and you know what I mean. Not many people do that. A lot of people are are are, are like selfish and, and self destructive. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes we were <laughs> at some point in our lives. You know what I mean? But I think um, we've learned to kind of get ourselves out of that. And it's through self-education and, and and putting us through, 
you know, tough situations and getting out of it. And we we're very fortunate, or at least I was as well as you, um, to kind of make our way out of that. And it's, and it's a good thing that, that we're able to share that, you know what I mean? And, and I think the more we can share that to people, the more we can share, share, um, our triumphs after, after some set, setbacks, you know what I mean? And people might not look at it like, ah, oh, that's, that's not even a big setback, but you know, when you're, when you're living in it, it's tough, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Another thing is, I mean, I'm pretty sure you know, but I, I didn't have nobody that was gonna bail me out. It was either figure it out or or that's your ass. Yeah. So it's not like you know, I had my mom or my dad that are you know making good money that I was like, oh, you know what, if this shit doesn't work out. I'll just go you know work for my dad. Like I didn't. No, that's not. That wasn't an option. You know, I did this and worked out. You know. Uh, I'll just make a few calls or, or my parents will make a few calls or somebody will make a few calls and like I'll get a job somewhere and I'll be good like nah I didn't have that man you know my parents but then my parents working very tough very demanding nine to fives man and, and, and this was it man I didn't have a plan B it was it was get a free education and, and, and play basketball or or well, what am I gonna do, man? I'm from, I'm from, like, what am I, I'm a result to what my boys are doing for back in content. Like, nah, that's not, it wasn't, I had no option. It's either you get your shit together or, or you don't eat. And, and, and I had to get, I had to get it together, man. I couldn't cry about my situation. I had to figure out what was next. When you, when you were at school, were you able to were you able to finish up? Um, were you able to take advantage of, of school um, and and the resources that school had for you? Were you able to to finish and, and uh, attain a degree when you were out there? Yeah, for sure. And that's what I'm, that, that's the beauty about life, man. I, I think you question life a lot, but I think everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, so I tear my ACL for the third time, and I'm still I'm still on scholarship. I'm still on scholarship. So what I decided to do is uh, one summer I took I think I took about twelve credits, twelve or fifteen credits, which is one whole semester during the regular school year, and I was able to advance during my degree. Um, so I was able to graduate early. I graduated early, got my degree at Long Beach State. And then I used the second half of the of the school year, the second semester of the school year, to get into grad school. So not only did I finish my my bachelor's degree, but I was able to to get my master's degree on on scholarship. And it worked out perfect. Let me give you a round of applause for that one, bro. Hold on, man. I I got I got to give you a shout out for that one because most people would have quit. You know what I mean? Most people would have shut it down. My knees yeah. fucked up. And you know what I mean? Like that, that's probably the best part of the podcast, bro. You know what I mean? Like you, you did it. You know what I mean? Sorry to interrupt, bro. But it's, you know what I mean? I'm my age and I, I literally turned in my shit last week and I just got mine and I'm, you know, 12 years, your senior in, in regards to that. And, and you know what I mean? You were able to do it and you were able to do it in a time frame of, of that so props to you bro sorry to cut you off man I thought that was just fucking great I appreciate it man no, it's definitely a grind though man it was grind it, it was definitely a grind man it wasn't easy it was a lot of a lot of long nights a lot of sleepless nights but I had a goal in mind you know I had a goal in mind uh, I knew again my parents didn't have the funds to put me through to grad school so 
So I'm like, you know what? I gotta take advantage of this situation. And although it's, it's a negative situation, I gotta turn it into a positive. So again, I used that second semester of me still being on scholarship and, and being on the on the university dime. They were able to pay for half of my class school. And then luckily I was able to get, you know, uh, uh, some grants for, for, the second, uh, for the second semester. And I was able to finish finish that school. So I was able to finish school with, uh, with a bachelor's and a master's degree, which was initially why I started to play basketball in the first place. Well, that, that's, you know what I mean? And, and that's a testament to you, man. I think, um, you know what I mean? After last weekend, you know what I mean? We, I saw you at the at, at Puerto Rico and, you know, see you putting in work and you're in the starting lineup. And then, you know what I mean? Just the last couple of days, I was like, oh, you know, some people might just, you know, some people might kick their feet up like, oh, I had a good tournament. I had 19 to 9, you know what I mean? And, and I'm looking on your Instagram and it's like looking at the bottom of the sand dunes and it's like you're put you're back at it. You know what I mean, and and I think that's the work ethic, bro. I think that's the work ethic that that you have to continue to show, and you've showed. And I think you know the the kids that follow you and the you know they see that work. Exactly. They're like, you know, you have yeah, to. It all, it all falls back to the same thing we, we started with, man. We started started the thing, you know, for the culture, and, and that's what it's about, man. I got a I got a huge following in Mexico, man, especially from kids and the youth, you know, high school players, you know, middle school players, even college players in Mexico, and even out here, you know, in California, Los Angeles. Um, and again, it's for them. It's for them, man. They, it's like you said, they saw me. I had a good tournament. Um, but it doesn't stop there, man. I'm not kicking my feet up, man. I'm, I'm back to the grind. I'm back to getting better, man. That, that, things like that, tournaments like that, games like that against the one I had against Team USA, um, should make you hungrier as a player. Should make you want to keep working. It's like, man, this is what I'm capable of. And I wasn't even at the top of my, uh, of my game. Like, let me see what I could do when I'm at the top of my game. So, you know what? That game is over. Let me work so I could be better for the next game. And um, and it's a mindset, like you said, it's a mindset, man. And I'm trying to change the whole culture, not only here with my female players, but in Mexico as well. Because the, the, the culture in Mexico, when it comes to basketball and sports in general, um, I, I really don't, I don't think they know what it really takes, man. I don't think they know the dedication, the time, the sacrifice, the discipline that, that you need in order to get to that level. And, uh, and it's something that I'm trying to show them, you know, not not only by, by telling them, but trying to lead by example, for sure. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I, if you follow, they follow you or whatever, you just see those. And you're not, like, boasting about it, but it's like, shit, you're at the top of the hill. And for those that have done sand dunes, that shit's no joke, you know what I'm saying? So so kind of just a quick transition, you know what I mean? Um you know, you got your brand, you know, you got a lot of followings. Um, how did that come about? You know what I mean? I have some takes on that, but I want to hear, like, how did the, the Edgar G uh, brand come about? And, you know, what's that? About? I mean, obviously, it's it's for the culture or whatever, but, you know, um, you know, why, why did you choose to name it after yourself? You know, you could have named it anything else or whatever. What are some of the other options that you had out there? You know what I'm saying? So the brand, man, the brand Edgar G, Edgar G official, basically, um, just me taking advantage of me being on the Mexican national team and being on, on, the, on the stage right now at this point in my career, um, 
I felt personally that it was the best thing to do was to name the brand after myself because I am an image at the end of the day. Like when people hear my name, you know, I want them to automatically think, oh, basketball, oh, that's a good because on the Mexican national team or related to the sport and what I'm trying to do with it and changing the culture. So, you know, I could, like you said, I could have named it anything else, but for example, I don't know if I would have named it, I don't know, anything. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to put that name. You wouldn't be able to relate that name to me as as the athlete right away. You would have to like either do your research or or I would have to do a hell of a marketing campaign for people to know like oh that's Edgar's brand. Right. Um, and with using my name, it was kind of just like you know it made more sense to me just just for what I'm trying to do uh, uh, within you know the, the Latino community where people could see the name. That's why my logo is so simple too. It's just the EG with the circle or it's the Edgar G yeah. uh, signature, which uh, which is kind of just direct and straight to the point. It's a clean look, straight to the point. Edgar G, you you know who that is. You, you know who to relate it to and you know what it's for. Um, and that's where the whole name thing about the brand itself came because I, I did two, I did three camps. I did two camps and one clinic in Mexico. I did one in Chihuahua, I did one in Mazatlan, and I did one in, uh, in Monterrey. And all those three camps that I did were all out of pocket, baby. Mm-hmm. I spent so much money in those camps, man. I didn't know how much camps were, were worth, man. They, they're expensive if you come out of pocket for those things. The first camp that I did wasn't that much because I only had 25 kids. The second camp in Mazatlan, I had 75 kids. My third camp in Monterrey, I had 150 kids. Mm-hmm. So it's just, man, coming out of pocket for 150 kids is, is a lot of money, mm-hmm. It's a lot of money, man. Just, just hydration, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the camp t-shirts, the jerseys, uh, you know, basketballs, to rent out the facility. It was a lot of, it was a lot of capital. Um, so the idea was just like, man, why don't I sell merch for my camps to fund the camps? Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, like a lot of people don't know, everything from the brand, like I don't keep none of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like everything that everything that comes from the Edgar G official brand goes directly back to the camps, uh, back to the events that I'm trying to do. Uh, and again, not for me, not for not for other players, but for for the youth and for the for the kids back in Mexico. Um, just again, so I could teach them and mention them a little bit on on, on what the basketball culture is. Because uh, at the end of the day, man, that's 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 what it's about. I'm trying to help these kids back in back in back in our hometown, man, back in our country, on on how to succeed and reach the next level. So that's how the brand was born, man. The brand was born to kind of just keep funding these these projects and these basketball camps that I'm doing for kids back in Mexico. Because honestly, if I had to come out of pocket every time, I, I don't know how long I was going to be able to do it for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's sharing the knowledge, you know what I'm saying? And I think, um, you know, I think I think it's 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 great. So definitely gonna have to cop another couple hats, you know what I mean? For sure. I already got my my Mexican color one, but I got a I got a couple couple other pairs of them that way. When it opens back up, you know, um, you can definitely get the support of uh, the Shoot the Rock brand out here when you're doing stuff out in the states. You know what I'm saying? We can we can collab together, and you know what I mean. 
um, we can we can work something out with facilities or we can work out something out with merch and gear and if we can collaborate for something for the kids um, I'm open for it you know what I mean and we can we can start you know as things start opening up um, you know I'm open to, to do something like that um, and support your brand um, along with with the shoot the rock brand and, and the podcast and you know anything that you need from me um, you know, I'm here for it, man. Uh, I, I love what you're doing. Uh, I love your story. I love, I love your success. And you know what I mean? You're, you're all around good dude, bro. And that's why I wanted you on the podcast, man. I, I appreciate your time and, and thank you for coming on. And, and, you know, I can't wait till stuff starts opening up and, you know, we get some Edgar G USA basketball camps out here, bro. You can definitely do that. That'd be dope. Yeah, man. That'd be great, man. Appreciate the support, man. Uh, and again, whatever I could do on my end could help shoot the rock or whatever you think you guys got going on. And I'm always here, man. I'm always here to support the culture, the Latino people. Um, if anybody has any questions as listening to the podcast, feel free to hit me up. And I'm, I'm very active on social media. Um, any questions about the podcast, the brand, my journey, whatever, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hands on, man, to, to your followers, your listeners, to my followers and my listeners. I'm always available. I love that collab. I thought the, the collaboration between Shikarak and LXG would be amazing. We could definitely do uh, we could do something yeah, for the Latino kids, for the, the, the kids out here in, in the LA area. For sure, man. That's yeah. That, that, that's definitely needed, and that's you know. I mean, you know, we'll. we'll We'll form like Voltron. There's a lot of people out there, bro, that, that, that are going to help and put this together. And I think, uh, you know, for sure. Uh, well, Edgar G, uh, for the culture, thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for rocking with the best. You know, and I, I thank you for rocking with the podcast. Thank you for rocking with me, man. Thank you for rocking for the culture, bro. You're, you're a good dude. Thank you for coming through, man. Yes, sir, man. Big Z, anytime. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, yeah, we out. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Uh, come from the wood. Yes, you're now rocking with the best. Yeah, yeah, we out. All right, man. That's a wrap. Good looking out, bro. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the the time you know what i mean and for real man that's i know you had said it before but if we do something out here you know um i know there's a lot of people that, that i mean i don't know how big you want it to get but you know i think i think it'd be cool i think it'd be fun you know just to kind of get the people the dudes from the hood man you know the kids will fucking see that shit it'd be fucking dope I'm with it, bro. Let's let's work on something for sure, man. Because honestly, I've been gone for so long. Just I, I done lost a lot of connections that I had in LA, just because I've been playing, you know, in Mexico or Latin America for the past seven years. Um, nah, but those are those are those are there, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like people know where you're at right now, especially after you know, after the, the seasons you've been having or whatever, and then you still you're still connected to the Drew and. You know, even if it's just something small, you know what I mean? With with me, you, I mean, I'm I'm fucking I'm jumping on your fucking coattails right now, but um, you know what I mean? If whatever you do, and just tell me where it is, or if you need help with the facilities, we we can work that out, man. And I, I, that's something I've been wanting to do, and I think I've been, the way I want to do it is I want to do it to so it's like 
not not just basketball camps, but it's like life lessons type shit. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to bring exactly. I, like finance. You know what I mean? Like teaching kids about fucking financial aid, all that shit, bro. You know, I'm a counselor, bro. I got my master's. I just I just received my master's from counseling. So, you know, I think I think edu- educating the kids. You know what I mean? On that at an early age. You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, the Edgar G. Like boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? I think I think that's fucking dope. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they need that, man. They need that. They need that guidance, man. That mentorship. Because even even now, man, I, I know a lot of a lot of kids, even in college, man. I know I know a lot of situations in college of college athletes from the hood that went to they went to a Division One school, but they didn't have to, they didn't have the guidance, so they didn't know how to act, man. I know one dude that went to Fresno State from Compton High. He got caught stealing laptops from from dorm room uh, mm-hmm. and lost his scholarship. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's things like that, man. Or, or I had another situation when I was at Long Beach State uh, of this dude that lost his scholarship because he wouldn't go to study hall and he was late to all his classes. And it's just like, bro, come on, man. Yeah. Like, you done lost your scholarship off the dumbest things, bro. So it's like... At the end of the day, it is their fault, man, but I also think these kids need some type of guidance, man. Somebody in that corner, you know, either 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 telling them what's right from wrong or giving them their case or, or something, man, that they need it. They need, they need, they need a list or, or some type of template on how to be successful at the next level. And just see the bigger picture, dog. You know what I mean? Like the I, I was in a I was in a meeting yesterday, and this girl was like, uh, or the, there's a football coach, and he was like, you know, when you go to your recruiting trip, you got to go to that school, and and you know you're going on a scholarship. He goes, but at the end of the day, say something happens, you know what I mean? The unexpected happens, and you get injured. Did you choose that school? And can you stay in that school even though you're injured and it has nothing to do about like can you see yourself being part of that that campus you know what I mean and I was like damn I didn't even you know I didn't even think about that you know what I mean fools just go to like oh it's a D one it's out in fucking Oklahoma but shit goes bad and motherfucker I'm in Oklahoma what the fuck am I doing out there you know what I'm saying exactly. so I mean there's been a lot of cases like that with kids from uh, from guys from California that mm-hmm. go to like the North Carolina or the Duke. Yeah. They end up transferring because they, you know, they don't. They either don't like the school, or don't like the culture, or they just don't know how to. It's just it's different, and it's very different. So yeah, I get that one hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, um, I mean, we definitely have a lot of time, but um, you know, um, once again, thanks, bro, and uh, whatever you need, you know, I'm I'm here for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit it tonight. I'll post it probably in the middle of the night, and then I'll just start pumping it up this whole week. So thank you, bro. Sounds good, man. Let me know.